morning. Good morning. It's good to be here today. And uh, last Sunday, my wife and I had the, the privilege of being in uh, Phoenix and uh, being in a church plant that our church has been a part of uh, over the last several years. And man, it was incredible. Um, God gave me the opportunity to, to be in those services, and they were raising money. They're, they're, they're actually, we're going through um, a merge, uh, very similar to what we were going through, and they're going to be now become a part of a multi-congregational church. And um, they were raising uh, money during the Christmas season. Uh, they were trying to raise $50,000 to uh, do some special things around the church. And uh, I was able to uh, come up to the platform and then just share with them. You know, and I got to thinking about it. I forgot to tell Mike and John this this week, but... I got to thinking about um, all the incredible blessings that God has allowed our church to experience in the last 12 months, in part because of the faith of God's people, right? And, you know, it's, it's that way that when we walk by faith and not by sight, and we obey the call of God in our lives, God meets us at that place, and he ends up blessing us in turn for obeying him when he leads us into a place of uncertainty, Amen. And uh, I just was amazed as I wrote down notes last weekend, considering all the uh, supernatural, miraculous things that God uh, has done in our church. And I want to say this as we close out the end of 2018, you know, the best is yet to come. Amen. And uh, we've got some incredible things that we're planning for this coming year. And I trust and hope that you'll uh, desire to be a part of that. And Mike's already mentioned this morning that we have invitations. And, uh, you know, part of being a follower of Jesus Christ is just as you go along. As you live your life and as you go uh, from place to place, uh, talking to people about what God is doing in your life. Right, amen? And, and let me just challenge you with this. If God's not doing something in your life, or if you're not recognizing the work of God in your life, you might need to slow down a moment and consider all that God is up to in your heart and life um, as you consider this holiday season. Because it's really, that's what it's about. And we want you to grab some of these invitations and uh, bring some folks with you so that they can hear the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ as it's described in the Word of God. And you never know, right? You never know how handing a simple invitation to someone could totally change their life. And we want to encourage you to do that. I want to say one more thing before I get into the message today. Uh, we have an incredible opportunity this week, uh, multiple opportunities to love our community. This uh, Saturday, we have our Christmas outreach with the uh, food pantry. And uh, I think uh, for, for Thanksgiving, we gave out over 60-plus uh, Thanksgiving meals, is that right? Roushes are here somewhere. I saw them in today. 60-plus meals, and I think we're going to shoot for that again for the holidays. And uh, we're going to uh, uh, hand out hams and, and Christmas dinners to families that are in need. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's involved in that? Amen? And uh, we're meeting needs in our community, showing the love of Christ. Uh, out on the foyer, uh, there's a Christmas tree with tags on it. Uh, we've got about 30 or 40 more gifts that if you could uh, please commit to grabbing a couple of those. Let's get this done today. Amen? And uh, grab a couple of those if you haven't done that yet. And uh, make sure that you have the gifts back to the office uh, here at the church by uh, this Wednesday. Because uh, I think the last day of school is Friday. And so we've got to get those into the high school. All right? So a lot of opportunities to be involved. A lot of opportunities to spread Christmas cheer and uh, to spread the good news of Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, I'm going to preach on this next week. But really it's the idea and the theme of the series that we're in right now. But in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we see the quintessential Christmas passage. In Matthew 1, 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, the whole theme and the idea behind this series of messages is behind this, this idea of Emmanuel. The, the word Emmanuel is found twice in the Old Testament. Isaiah seven fourteen 
and in Isaiah 8, 8, and it's only found once in the New Testament, and that's in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And what it means, the word Emmanuel, it means that God is with us. And it's symbolic of God's guiding and protecting presence among his people. What a powerful truth to know, right, that God is with us. We don't serve or worship a God that isn't with us. We don't serve or worship a God that is impersonal. No, in fact, the God that we serve stepped into time and space to redeem and rescue his people. Jesus Christ stepped into time and space to rescue us and to demonstrate how his powerful presence is in our lives. And this truth is one that we can anchor our hearts to when we doubt God's faithfulness in the difficult seasons of life. And for some people, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. It's a time where you get together with family. It's a time where uh, you get to uh, uh, receive gifts. You get to give gifts. uh, You get to go to all the Christmas parties. And for some people, they just, they love the Christmas season. But for some of you this year, the Christmas season might be very lonely because you went through a divorce this year. Or maybe you lost a spouse due to a death or an illness. Or maybe you lost your job this year or uh, whatever the scenario may be this year. For you, it might not be all uh, Christmas lights and cocoa and cookies. It might be something altogether different. But the truth, the reality of, and the powerfulness of this, this passage teaches us that no matter where we find ourselves this Christmas season, God is with us. God is with us. And that's a truth this morning that... No matter, no matter where you find yourself at this morning, you can anchor your heart to that. The hope that we have is found, and we sing about it this morning in the last song that was led by the worship team this morning. The hope we have is found in a living, ever-present, ever-powerful Savior who guides and guards our, our ways as we walk through this messy life. That's who we serve this morning. That's who we worship. That is Emmanuel. That is the God that came to save, redeem, and rescue. And so over the next four weeks... We're going to consider how God is with us in the valleys. And we're going to do that today from Psalm 84. And then we're going to look at how God is with us in the incarnation. And we're going to look at uh, how God is with us in the storms and in the wilderness. And I want to ask you, Pastor Mike, Pastor John, all of us want to ask you to commit to being here every week. And not just being here, bring someone with you that you know can benefit from the truth and the power of the Word of God. Psalm 84 demonstrates the life-changing reality of God's presence when we go through the valleys. Valleys are never easy. Valleys are never easy, but valleys can be transforming. Often these seasons are lonely. Seasons in the valley can be a little bit scary or fearful. They often can wound us deeply, but the truth that we anchor to is God is with us. He's with us even in the valleys. He's with us when it seems dark. He's with us when we're at our worst, when we're in despair, when we're desperate, when life gets incredibly complex. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Valleys are a place of battle. They're a place of loneliness. They're a place of desperation. But they're also a time to grow, to build our faith, and to experience God in a fresh and new way. I want to encourage you today that you might be in a valley right now. Or you might have a valley coming on the forefront in 2019 that, that you're not even aware of yet. And I want to I encourage you this morning not to waste that season of your life by complaining. I want to encourage you not to waste that season of your life uh, by being negative to the situation that you're in. But use it as an opportunity to experience God in a new way. 
to experience him in a fresh way, to experience him in a reviving way. One writer said it this way. He says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him in the valleys. And I want to ask you this morning, how well do you really know God? Because when you know God and you've experienced God and your heart and your life and your mind is anchored to the character and the nature of God, it doesn't matter what this world throws at you. It can't take your peace. It can't take your joy. It can't take your, your comfort. And it surely can't shake your faith because your hope and your trust and your confidence is in an ever-living, ever-present, ever-powerful God who is always faithful and never fails his children. That's the God we serve. And I want to remind you this morning that God rarely reveals himself when we're rushed. Man, we live in a busy world, don't we? You ask someone what they're up to or how life is going, and typically the response is, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I got this going on. But I want to tell you something. Valleys have a way of slowing us down, don't they? You get a phone call and you just find out you got cancer. You get a phone call and you just realize you lost your job. You get a phone call and you realize that your spouse is uh, filing divorce papers or there's been an affair, there's been uh, something negative going on in your life. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff that seems so important and so urgent now takes uh, 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 a step to the back burner because now the things that are really important begin to surface. And you see, valleys have a way of doing that for us. They slow us down. They slow us down so that we can be still and know that he is God. And so when God allows you, when God allows you to go through the valley, it's actually an act of mercy. Because anything that wounds you deeply, that causes you to reach out for more of God, is actually an act of mercy on the behalf of the divine. Anything that God does in your life that causes you to reach out for more of him is an act of mercy. And so When we're in the valley, we want to strive not to allow that season of our life to be wasted, but rather to be used by God to grow our faith so that we can experience more of the mighty presence of God with us. We find in this passage that when we're in the valley, we learn that God is with us to strengthen us. And in verse number five, the Bible says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And the writer is saying that great blessing belongs to the man who finds his strength in God. And the word God in this text, in verse, I think it's seven, it's the, it's the Hebrew word Elohim, one of the proper names of God. And it means, it means the mighty one, the majestic one. Now listen to me this morning. Read this passage with me once more. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the ways of Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Do you realize this morning that God himself stepped into time and space so that we could know him? He is the mighty one. He is the majestic one. And this God that we serve is omnipotent, There is nothing that God cannot do. There is nothing that binds God. There is nothing that weakens him. There's no kryptonite uh, to, to slow him down. He is God. 
He transcends every illness. He transcends every shame and every guilt and every sin. He transcends every bondage. Hey, listen, he's the mighty one. He's the chain breaker, and he's the one that we worship today. And when you're at your weakest, he's at his best. This is the God in whom we trust. He's the mighty one. We sang it today. He's the God of the ages. He's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. And the passage says this morning, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Now, the idea and meaning of the word strength is that you can exert great force with a focus of doing what is desired, intended, and necessary. And I want to tell you this morning, God can and God will strengthen you to do what you need to do. It might, be, it might, it might mean being the kind of parent that God wants you to be. It might be, I mean being the kind of spouse that you need to be or the kind of uh, 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 boss or employee or, or just making it from day to day because sometimes life is so crushing, it's hard to just even get out of bed. But when your heart and your mind and your life is fixed on the hope that is God himself, his son, Jesus Christ, living hope, hey, listen, God will give you the strength to do what you need to do. But we need to depend on God to strengthen him. The writer says it this way in the second half of verse 5. He says, in whose heart are the highways of Zion. Now this means that those on the journey, and that's what they were on. They were on a journey to get to the temple to worship God. But what it means is that those on the journey have a heart fixed on God. Their heart is fixed on the faithfulness of God. Now let me ask you this morning, what is your heart fixed on? What are you zo- zo- zoomed in on this morning? What is it that you're, that you're uh, uh, focused on this morning? And oftentimes, our heart and our mind and our emotions are fixed on the problem rather than the Savior. So often, we get, we get, we get so distracted by the impediment in our way that we ignore the reality of the mighty one, the majestic one, the transcendent one, who is here to redeem us and rescue us and restore us and strengthen us to do His will. I want to tell you today that a heart that is fixed on God will increase in faith and blessing. When your heart is fixed on your difficulty, listen to this, maybe you jot this down today, when your heart is fixed on your difficulty, it will weaken your faith. It will weaken your faith. But when your heart is fixed on God, your faith will be strengthened. You see, a heart fixed on the mighty one pushes through the difficulty because we find hope in the promises and in his presence. And listen, that's what you need to strengthen you. We shouldn't be praying this morning, God, remove this impediment, remove this mountain, get me out of this valley. We should be praying, God, increase my faith in the valley. God, let me go through this and let me grow in my faith and let me see you work in ways that I otherwise would never see were I not in this place. Allow that opportunity or that difficulty be the opportunity, the thing that grows your faith and gives you more of the presence and power of God in your life. What is your heart fixed on today? Unfortunately, as a pastor, I see so much unbelief, fear, and negativity. Much of that could simply be resolved if we would slow down long enough just to fix our heart on the faithfulness of God. Tim Keller said, it's not the strength of your faith that saves you, but the object of your faith. And I'm going to be honest with you today. There have been some seasons in my life where I've just wanted to give up and give in. There have been seasons in my life where I've, been, uh, where I've had despair, where I've been discouraged, where I've been depressed, and I just I didn't want to go on. We've all been there. Let's just be honest about that today. But when we slow down long enough, 
And we began to consider the ways and the works of God. We consider the character and the nature of God. It's almost like a light begins to shine on the darkness of our soul, doesn't it? When we realize that God is faithful and God will come through and God will deliver and God will heal and God will forgive and God will restore. I want to remind you today that we won't know His strength until we know our weakness. You see, when you're weak, He is strong. And recognizing, please write this down today, recognizing our weakness is a sign of maturity. We like to act like we got it all together. We like to act like we're, uh, we're uh, uh, you know, perfect in every way. And God's not looking for perfection in your life. He's looking for progress. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, we've got to come to grips with our weakness. It's arrogant to think that, man, I got this. But it's wise to recognize how truly limited that we are. Don't see your limitations as weakness, but as an opportunity. We have the opportunity this morning to experience the power of God in our lives when we come to grips with our weakness. Let me ask you today, have you come to grips with your weakness? Have you? Have you come to grips with your finiteness? I, I don't know about you, but I've been reflecting on this a lot lately, and it kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I turned 40 this year. Again, I recognize that's not old because we've got some folks here that are 70, 80, and some of you that, you know, you're, you're, you're beyond that, right? So 40's not old. But I just, my wife and I, we were talking the other day, I was like, man, I just feel like we celebrated Christmas like a week ago last year and I just I look at my kids and I'm like man I just we just started this church like 10 years ago and I remember when Ellie was two and uh or, or three and Brianna was two and we, we launched this thing in 2007 and it just seems like pff, it's here one minute and it's gone the next and what we try to do is we try to hold on and we try to control our life in certain ways and when things don't go the way we want we get frustrated and we get fearful and we get stressed out and anxiety begins to percolate in our lives when in reality we can find peace and comfort and joy and satisfaction and knowing that yes and amen this life is very short it's nothing more than a vapor in fact it's field dressing for the life to come because we live not for this life but we live for eternity amen and so we need to fix our heart and anchor our heart to the reality of that truth in fact paul recognized his weakness he says man he said i sought the lord three times on an area of my life and he said God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in times of weakness, and I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then he says in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 12, he says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Listen to this. For when I am weak, he is strong. And friends, I'm going to tell you, if it takes my weakness to demonstrate the mighty, awesome power of God, then give me more weakness so that God could be put on display in my life. You see, an acknowledgement of weakness is the beginning of a breakthrough. Are you ready this morning to see God in the valley with you? And if you are, the moment that you begin to recognize your weakness will be the moment that you experience a breakthrough. You see, your level of dependence will determine the power that is available to you. The more you depend on God, the better position you are in for deliverance. If you think that you can just... Uh, fix things on your own, that's the first step to failure. But when you depend on God, that's the first step to seeing God deliver you in miraculous ways. Let me remind you this morning, you're not alone. God is with you in the valley to strengthen you. And in this moment, fix your heart on the mighty one and find strength to move forward. He is with us and he will strengthen you when you acknowledge your need. But also, we find that we're in the valley that God is with us to sustain us. And I love verse number six. 
He says, as they go through the valley of Baca, now that's the valley of weeping. That means this isn't a place where you necessarily want to be. It's a place of struggle. It's a place of uncertainty. Uh, It's a place of fear. A valley is a place of dryness. It's a place of difficulty. And as the children of God would travel through the valley, it, it was difficult and it was dry. But their faith, listen to this, listen to me this morning. Their faith in the mighty one helped them along the way in the journey. He says, we go through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. In verse 5, the writer says they go through the valley and they make it a place of springs. And listen, instead of it being dry and difficult, listen to this. You know what they do? They flip this. This is what the children of God do. Instead of it being a place of dryness and a place of difficulty, they made it a place of delight. They found the refreshment they needed. They found the renewal they needed. They found the presence of God. They found the power of God. And it wasn't in a new circumstances, uh, in a new circumstance. It wasn't in uh, the removal of the difficulty or in the dryness. It was by keeping their eyes and their heart and their mind and their life fixed on the faithfulness of Almighty God. And that's what God does. He doesn't just strengthen us, but He sustains us for the long haul, for the journey. Most mornings I get up and I'll pray. One of the things that I'll pray is, Lord, help me to set aside every weight and the sin that besets me so that I can run with patience. And this is what the Christian life is all about. You might write it in your notes today. So that I can run with patience, so I can run with endurance the journey that you have for me. I want to tell you something this morning. If your eyes and your heart and your life are not fixed on the faithfulness of God, If it's not fixed on Elohim, the mighty one, the majestic one, you will give up. You will give in. You'll compromise your beliefs. You'll live in fear. You'll be characterized by anxiety and worry. You'll be stressed out all the time. Your life will not be a life that's characterized by joy and peace and comfort. You ever been around someone and it just feels like they're cool as a... You ever been around someone like that? As children of God, if there's any people that should be calm... In the midst of the valley, it should be the people of God. Because our hearts are fixed on the one who can change everything. There are times that you do want to give up and give in. Let's be honest. But when our hearts are fixed on the power and presence of God, there's no place that you can't be sustained. Isn't that that powerful this morning? Lose your job, you can be sustained in that. Get a bad diagnosis, you can be sustained in that. You're wounded deeply by a friend or a loved one or a family member. You can be sustained in the midst of that valley by the power and the presence of God by fixing your heart, your mind, and your life on the mighty one, the majestic one, the transcendent one. And the writer isn't just talking about surviving. He's talking about satisfaction. And let me ask you this morning, no matter your lot in life this morning, are you satisfied with God? That should be our testimony this morning. That should be our hope this morning because while we're alive now, we're not living for everything that's going on right now. We're living for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the first advent was Jesus coming uh, 2,000 years ago and being born uh, uh, of a virgin and dying on a cross. But the, the, the second advent is that He's coming again for those who put their faith and trust in Him. Amen? And one day, He's going to reconcile all things to Himself and He's going to make all things new. 
And we can rejoice in that. And we can hope in that. And we can trust in that. And we can live for that. No matter what happens in this life. No matter how difficult that it is. No matter how defeating that it feels. Victory is right around the corner for those of us who know and love and follow Jesus Christ. Man. Despair can't, it can't coexist in a heart that's fixed on the faithfulness of God. Despair cannot, cannot coexist in a heart that's fixed on the faithfulness of God. Dependence on God is the key to knowing His power to sustain us when life falls apart. Replace your doubt with dependence and watch God renew your faith, right? Replace your doubt with dependence and watch God renew your faith. And I'm not going to stand up here today and say, hey man, it's, it's wrong of you to doubt God. Numerous people in the Bible doubted God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And in really, isn't that what sin's all about when we doubt the promises of God? I mean, really, that's what it's all about. But, but all of us have been there if we're completely honest with ourselves and we're honest with God. So I want to encourage you today to take that doubt and turn that into a place of dependence and watch God bring your faith alive. Do you feel like giving up today? Do you feel weak and alone? Because I want to remind you, God is with you in the valley, and He will sustain you in the moment and fix your once you the moment you fix your heart on Him. You, this morning, you can say, "You know, God, this is hard." You can say that to God. He's not shocked by that. Oh, this is hard, but you got this, and you got me. Help me trust you until my journey is complete. Wouldn't that be a great prayer today? Let me read that again. God, this is hard, but you got me, and you got this. Help me to trust you. Until my journey is complete. God, this isn't easy, but I'm going to trust you. I want to say this this morning. Let's read this again. Verse number 7. They go from strength to strength. strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. You know, I think Christmas is a great time of year. It's cool to be around family. It's cool to get gifts. It's cool to give gifts. It's cool to just, you know, have a, a couple days off during the holiday season. There's a lot of cool things about Christmas. But I think in the uh, Americanized version of Christmas, and I think just it's this way pretty much all the time, we lose, we lose something of the significance of this particular holiday. We lose it. And so we get so caught up in all the festivities that we forget to remember the power that God is with us. He says, one day we're going to stand before God. I want, to, I want to remind you today, in this season, listen, a vision for God will not only strengthen you, but it will sustain you to the end. I want to ask you this morning, what's your vision of God? And I'm not talking about a vision of a preferable future. I'm talking about how is your personal walk with God? Do you know Him today? Do you walk with Him today? Is your faith in Him today? Is your heart anchored to him so that no matter what storms come your way and no matter what rocks the boat, you're not moving because your life is anchored to and it's hitched to the faithfulness of God. Because when you have this big vision of Almighty God, transcendent God, omnipotent God, there isn't going to be much in your life that rattles you because he's on the throne. Because he is the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords and he is the God of the ages, listen, seasons stop at his command. Storms stop at his word. 
There is nothing that God cannot do, and He is faithful for you and me, and He will sustain us to do what He has called us to do. It's not uncommon for God to lead us to a desert place so that we can experience His life-giving, refreshing presence. And right now, I want to tell you this morning, if you're in the valley, if you're struggling with your faith, if you're doubting the goodness of God, the last thing in the world that you need is God to answer your prayer to give you healing or to, to give you a bailout or to do whatever it is that you think you need in order to have your life be better in this moment. What you need right now in this moment, if you're in the valley, more than anything else in this world, is a fresh move of God in your life. You need to experience a fresh and a new, the mighty presence of God. Now I get, God is everywhere at all times. He's omnipresence. But what I'm talking about this morning is the, omni, or is the manifest presence of God. I'm talking about when your heart is shifting and you're doubting God and you get into the Word of God and you begin to read it and it becomes alive to you and you feel like, oh, man, God, I get it. You're with me right now in this moment and I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to stress about because you've got this. And no matter how hard it is, I know, I know, I know that I know you're going to come through. You're going to deliver. You're going to rescue. And I don't have to be fretful and I don't have to be afraid because you're always faithful and you're always true and you never lie. So what is your vision of God this morning? There are seasons in life where God strips away our security, listen, so we can experience his sustaining power in our loneliest moments. And that's why this truth is so relevant today. God is with us. God will strip away all your security so that you can experience his sustaining presence. So instead of complaining about the valley, these folks found the valley to be a place of communion. Instead of seeing this as a place of defeat, they, 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 defeat their faith gave them opportunity to see this as a place of intimacy. So like right now in your valley, are you viewing this as an opportunity for God to increase your faith? Are you viewing this as an opportunity for, for you to commune with God and get to know God? Because listen, God will deliver. But don't waste the valley on trying to get something from God that you need in this moment and miss out on the amazing opportunity to go deeper and further in your intimacy and your communion with God. That's what the valley is about. If you're in the valley, be reminded that God is with us to sustain us. The promise to sustain is a promise to be refreshed in a dry and difficult time. One writer said it this way, the pleasure that God gives to satisfy our souls should fuel our desires to be in his presence. I love that. Love that. But God is with us in the valley, not just to strengthen and sustain us, but lastly to save us. In verse 7, they're delivered. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God. They make it, they make it to the end. They make it to their destination. Ultimately, they got through the valley to their destination. The promise is that we eventually will be rescued. We will eventually be delivered by God to stand before him. Can I get an amen on that today? Amen. We're going to make it through. God is going to see us through. God is going to redeem and rescue and reconcile. And he's going to make all things new. And I know if you're like me, you're like, yeah, I, I believe that. But I believe it for that person, but not necessarily me. Right? God can provide for that family, but, oh, man, I don't think he can do that for me. I mean, God could heal that illness, but I don't think he could do that for me. And listen, I want to tell you, he may or may not deliver you. He may or may not heal you. 
He may or may not give you the bailout that you need, but what you need is more of Him. That's what we need. And if you're a child of God, this should bring you immeasurable hope. And it may not be today, it may not be next week, it may not even be next year, but eventually God comes through, God rescues. And God would ultimately bring them through this dry and difficult place to a place, listen, God would bring them to a place of His presence. And that is what God will do for you, and that is what God will do for me. He will bring you and me to stand before Him. And friends, I want to tell you this morning, no matter how difficult your life appears to be at the moment, no matter how hopeless it feels, God is faithfully in the process of bringing you to Himself. He is in the process of saving us and redeeming us and making us anew. I love what Paul said to the church at Philippi in Philippians 1.6 when he says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know, I was, you know as a kid, you know, you learn that song, um, uh, it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth. Don't record this. The sun, they're Facebook and live me back there, and I'm just busting it out. Let's get the turntables out, right? It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter's and Mars. It took him just a week. But he's still working on, still working on me. Friends, I want to tell you this morning, that gives me such an incredible amount of hope today. Because I know me, and I know a lot of you think I'm, like, super awesome, and you, you just believe a lie, right? And I'm going to tell you, don't follow me, follow Jesus, right? And I'm going to tell you today that, um, you know, as good as I may appear to be, I know me, and I know the wickedness that's in my heart. I know the struggles that I have. I know the lack of faith that I can have. I know how angry I can get and how frustrated I can be and, and, and just, you know, rude to those around me. And it's just amazing to me that, that, that God in his long-suffering, doesn't give up on me. And there's been tons of people in my life that I've just given up on. I've written them off. You know, we all do that. So don't be like, oh, Pastor Jack, I can't believe you do that. Well, some of you are kind of weird, right? Right? Just own it, weirdness. Before, you know, everyone gets mad, hey, look, I get it. You attract who you are. And I got a bunch of weirdos in here, right? You know? But here's the thing. God, in his long-suffering, never, never gives up on you and me. And he never writes us off. He never puts us on a shelf and says, yeah, you know, I'm going to done with that person. No, man. He saves us. He redeems us. He rescues us. He, he's working in us. I love in Ephesians where it says that we are his workmanship, and the Greek word is poema, and it means a literary work in progress. It means that God is is, is, is writing the poem of our lives. He's writing the story, the narrative of our lives. And it's going to be, listen to me this morning, it's going to be a masterpiece. Not just for me, not just for a few select, but every single person in this room that knows, loves, and follows Jesus Christ and pursues His will in their life. God is writing your story, and when it's all said and done, you're going to be able to look back and be like, man, it looked like a mess when I was in it, but what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story that God has done in my life and redeemed me and brought me unto himself. Now, you may not see it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't true. He began a good work in you. What an incredible promise that God is at work in us always. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And we have this hope that God will save and rescue us. Listen, every single thing in your life, 
Every single thing in your life is designed by God to point you to the rescuing grace of Jesus Christ. You get that this morning? Every single thing in your life is designed by God to point you to the rescuing grace of Jesus Christ to present you whole on the day of judgment when you stand before God. And if all you care about is your comfort, you'll forfeit the grace available to rescue you from the difficulty that you're facing right now. If that's all you care about, if that's all you're concerned about is your comfort and the ease of this life, you will forfeit the grace that is made available to those who want to see God at work in their lives. So God's plan is to rescue his people. Listen, man, you can't rescue yourself. You can't do this on your own. When the night is the darkest and the day is the longest, we have a mighty God who intervenes. And this entire psalm was to be a picture to the lost world that God saves. And I want to encourage you this, this week as you go out into the world and as you're the church out there, listen, don't walk around with your head and your tail between your legs and walking around with fear and worry and anxiety and frustration, complaining about your lot in life. Walk step by step in the promises of God so that it is a testimony to the lost world of the hope that is found in a living God. That's the truth. That's what moves us forward in the journey that God has called us in. Man, what a truth packed with hope. That God God would have this level of compassion on you and me. There's no greater illustration of this reality than the incarnation. We're going to talk about this next week. That God is with us to strengthen, to sustain, and to save us. When you think about it, Christ stepped out of heaven into this messy world to redeem us from sin and restore our brokenness. And every, every one of us this morning are broken at the level of the heart and nothing satisfies our soul except for the grace of Jesus Christ. This powerful truth applies to those who have yet to receive Christ and follow Him. And if you're trapped this morning and you see no way out, maybe you're here today. You're like, man, my life is a mess. Oh man, the mistakes I've made, the choices that I've that I've that I've that I've had in my life, and I've I've wasted a good portion of it. You're not trapped. God is here with the key, and He's opened the door, and the door's wide open, and all you have to do is step outside of the door and follow Him. Man, I want to tell you this morning, Christ stepped into this world to rescue us from sin, to rescue us from shame and bondage and guilt, and He is alive to see us through the suffering. And the struggles that we continue to face as followers of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, if you're willing, if you're willing, Christ came to save you. Christ came to redeem you. Christ came to rescue you. God, He He came, He came to make all things new in your life. At the end of the day, man, He came to rescue you from you. So if you're in a valley today, rest assured. If you're in a valley today, rest assured, God is with us. In Hebrews, it says that he will never, ever leave us and never, ever forsake us. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. So if you're in the valley today, rest assured that God is with us. So instead of despair, instead of discouragement, I want to challenge you this morning to take a moment and depend on God. Stop trying to fix things on your own. Stop trying to, to get out of the situation in your own strength but lean into the power and the presence of God to strengthen us when we're weak. Let God be your strength to sustain you when you want to give in. Let God renew your faith to save us when you're tempted to go wayward. Let God rescue you. 
matter how difficult, no matter how desperate you are this morning, the truth of the matter, the, the reality is God is with us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you don't know Christ personally as your Savior, I've got some good news for you. Jesus Christ stepped out into time and space to show his love for you and for me. And he wants to redeem you and rescue you from your sin. And if that's your story today, at the end of the service, we want to invite you to come and talk to one of the pastors so that we can take the word of God and show you what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So that you can know for certain that you're on your way to heaven and that your sins can be forgiven and that your guilt and your shame can be removed. And man, if you're here today and you're in the valley, I just want you to know that God is with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you say to me this morning, Pastor, I'm not sure that I know Christ as my Savior. But, you know, I think I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Would you lift your hand and just let me pray for you this morning? Is there anyone that's like that that's here today? Man, I'm not sure that I'm a follower of Christ. Would you pray for me today? Anyone like that that's here today at all? Okay. How many of you say to me this morning, Pastor, I'm in the valley. More than anything, I want to experience God with me in the valley. Would you just lift your hand and let me see that this morning? Man, amen, amen, amen. Man, hands all over the room. Let's all stand to our feet with our heads still bowed and our eyes closed. Father in heaven, I just pray for these dear folks this morning. And I pray, God, that you would help us to realize this powerful truth and how it can change us, how it can renew us, how it can sustain and strengthen us. And God, please help us just to be faithful followers of Christ and put on display the mighty grace the mighty power of God to those who do not have the hope that we've experienced in your son, Jesus Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. we got a couple of things going on today. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and have a seat this morning, and I'm going to ask Ashley and Allie and the Whites and uh, the Coles, if you guys would just very quickly come forward. And uh, these are folks that um, are coming to, to be a part 